Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The sport is just going to die if they don't break the designated hitter to the National League. We got fresh frozen <laughs> strawberry margaritas, and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie. <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon. Like, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> the Washington Nationals are the world Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny, and the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball, and if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here, and now let's start the show. Hello, heaters. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat, presented as always by Manscaped. Thank you, as always, for joining us. We appreciate each and every one of you people. I am Amanda, and I'm joined, as always, by my jocular co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. Please make sure you find us on Twitter. Um, The show is there at Half Street High Heat. You'll find all sorts of goodies there and even more goodies at the website, halfstreetheighheat.com. Lots of good stuff to talk about. We have our Monday mailbag that came out Well, today while we're recording, it'll be tomorrow when you guys listen to it, Tuesday. Make sure you get us your questions so we have those to talk about. And uh, also a wrap-up of the Mets series, preview of we got Phillies and Marlins coming up, so lots of good stuff going on. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Uh, So my team had a tournament this weekend, one-day tournament in Richmond. 
trying to repeat as champions in tournaments, two tournaments that had nothing to do with each other. We cruised through the first two games, but then hit a wall. A buzzsaw, if you will? Well, it was also like 95 degrees all day. (laughs) And we just, our schedule didn't lend itself. So we had the um, first game at one, second game at three, championship game at five. So we literally literally had three games in a row and we were just the last team to play. Whereas the guy, the team playing against us in the championship, we made it to the championship. Uh, They played at, what was it? Nine and then like 1130. So they had plenty of time to kind of like cool off, relax. And we were in the 95 degree weather all day. So we hit a wall. They were a good team though. So we came in second place, but. That's still pretty great. Yeah. We got losers trophies though, which was annoying. Yeah. If I come in second, I don't want. I don't want a trophy. (laughs) Right. I'm not a fan of the participation trophy thing. But how about you, Ryan? What's new with you? You know, it was a great weekend. Um, I hung out with this really handsome guy over the weekend. I was kind of nervous. He's also in this podcast right now, so that was pretty nice. (laughs) And for the first time in like sixteen, maybe seventeen months. Oh, went I did. I did. I went to the pool today. But I, nice. went to the, I, I went to the pool last year, though, but I went oh, to brunch we gonna... as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, What'd you eat? Um, so yeah. I got I got steak and eggs. It was a Father's Day nice. Lunch, brunch. Nice. Nice. Um, it was like lunchtime. It was like 1230, but they still had the brunch menu. Out. I was like, hell yeah, let's get brunch. Mimosa? So good. Um, I did. I had a couple mimosas. Nice. It was I, absolutely fantastic. It's an absolute must. Love fancy it. Fancy lad. Oh, my god. I know. Well, like, it's my first brunch in a while. Ryan's you know? so a like, fancy bitch. It was, I, <laughs> I was going to say bitch, bitch, but it seemed inappropriate, <laughs> so I went with it lad. Was, it was on the water as well, so the vibes were just, honestly, just fantastic and immaculate all around. So, yeah, it was fantastic. That sounds great. Yeah, we had a very nice Father's Day. Um, I had my mom and stepdad over and we did a very nice we did a dinner at home but we did a very nice steak dinner with um some beautiful fillets that actually my brother had sent us as a gift so that was really fun and then my husband is out of town i was bitching about this before we started recording so i'm like doing the single single parent thing right now and it sucks <laughs> i don't know how anybody does this oh my god ryan raised me as a single parent well, it's challenging. We're in this together. We're in this it together. It is challenging, Amanda. but, you know, yeah, we, we single parents have to stick together. You, know, you guys are just talking about steak. We really need, uh, like, a steak uh, sponsor on this podcast, mm. like a, like an Omaha steak or, like, a butcher box or something. I'll, I'll have Heck to work yeah. on that. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in on that, especially if they're going to send us demo products. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for it. I am all for that. I feel like we'd be a good fit. I mean, I would make sure we meet our quota just by me purchasing using our promo code. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. So let's do the quick pitch, which tonight is, or today, because you're listening to this on Tuesday. I always do that. Do you think Major League Baseball should change voting for the All-Star game? So there's a lot of people who always talk about this every year. Um Yesterday, the latest update for the All-Star voting came out, and there were some very interesting things. It was very Cubs, Dodgers, and Astros heavy. Um, I think Corey Seager was second in shortstop. He's only played 30 games. A lot of people are upset about that. Trey Turner is fifth in shortstop, I believe. Oh, for God's sake. Um, But 
No, I mean, people always talk about this. The fans usually get it right 95% of the time, but at the same time, it's an exhibition game that means absolutely nothing. It's a made-for-TV event. Fans just want to see the biggest names. It's They get those random great players that are doing well, like Jazz Chisholm. He's currently in the spot for the All-Star, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, but it's just a fan fun event. It means nothing, and people just want to see the best players. So I'm fine with the fan voting. I don't really think it needs to change, but people always talk about this every time of year. Yeah, occasionally you'll get. I remember the when the Royals were good, and uh, you know, five years ago, it was just stacked with Royals. I, I think there was like at one point seven Royal starters. I don't <laughs> think it ended up that way, but uh, it was clearly stuffed with Royals voting. But again, the Royals were good, so it's not like those players were totally undeserving. Um, and uh, like Ryan said, they usually get it right anyways, and it didn't turn out to be seven Royals starting that All-Star game anyways. Yeah, the, there's some examples like the Corsier one and, and, and a couple of others that are just like, man, that's not right. Egregious, but, yeah. But it's really the, the starters are what matters, and then rounding it out, they usually, if there's any um, misses, or I don't know what's a better word for misses. Snubs. Snubs, there we go. If there's any snubs, they usually get it right with the reserves. So I'm sure Trey Turner will be a reserve um, and, so. and we'll go from there. But I, I think it's fine. It gets the fans interactive. And, you know, like, yeah, there's a lot of Dodgers, Astros, and a couple others, but for the most part, when a fan votes, they vote for guys on their team or guys they know well. And then for the most part, they just look at stats. They look at stats of the rest of the guys. And so it kind of balances out. Yeah, I think I would actually be for a little bit more opaqueness in the process. Like they release these updates and then we just say, oh, this is who everybody's voted for. Like, why doesn't the league just let fans vote? And then if there is an egregious oversight or somebody who ought to be the starter is in fifth, for instance, they uh, can just go in there and say, oh, this person is winning. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's not like anybody's checking their math. I don't well, know I why think, they don't just. I think it's a lot to do with Ryan said. It's a made-for-TV event. So the fact that they release these updates, like, so well in advance, it, it's a chance for teams to be like, oh, hey, you know, the All-Star game's around the corner. Your, your guy's not where you want him to be. You better get, like, get going and make sure to tune in to the all-star game on a random Tuesday night when nobody watches TV. Yeah. And like they're, they're announcing the finalists on ESPN. It's going to be like a whole special and everything. Like it's, it's all for TV. It's all for marketing. Like back in the day, you used to have to like punch out those things. So it was also a great way to get fans in, but it's also dumb that, and I kind of just alluded to it, that the home run derby is on a Monday night and the all-star yeah. games on a Tuesday night. And it's always been that way. It's not like they just recently changed to it. It's so dumb. The Home Run Derby is still one of the most electric events in all of All-Star break. It might be sports. the best product that MLB is. has to offer. Seriously. Well, it like, certainly okay. is for that. But like, as far as if you're just talking about All-Star Week events, the, the dunk contest has gone to crap. The All-Star game in any sport isn't exciting at all because no one plays defense. I mean, I don't even know what the NFL does anymore. They put, like, flag football or something. Um, so the, the Home Run Derby is one of, if not the best product for All-Star Weeks in general, and you put it on a Monday night. Like, what is this, like, 2000s, you know, network TV? Like, no, put it, a lot of that is put it on a Saturday night. 
Yeah, or a Saturday for, afternoon or sometime when people are going to be able to watch it. A lot of that is because of contracts as well. And also the All-Star Game used to settle who hosted the um, World Series. But there's a lot more competition on weekends than there is Mondays and Tuesdays. So the networks always are going to want that primetime weekday thing because it's kind of like bragging rights or sporting leagues. Like, oh, look, we dominated the Tuesday primetime slot. It's always that stuff as well. So that's why it's more in a, a weekday than it is. Oh, I forget. I forget the All-Star Games on Fox. For some reason, I was thinking ESPN. But the Home Run Derby is on ESPN. I wonder if we're going to see Schwarber in the Home Run Derby. Vlad Jr. opted out. I'm very sad. Yeah, that would have been fun. I didn't hear that. It's that Coors. It's Coors, man. I know. Of this all only places, happens like once ugh. every 30 years or I don't even know if Coors has ever hosted an all-star game before. He would just be hitting them out of the, the actual stadium. stadium. Like, <laughs> I'm sad he's not going to do it. That sucks. Um, But maybe we should, uh, you know what? Executive decision Thursday, we're going to do a draft of people we want to see it in the home run derby. Oh, that'll be a fun one. Yeah. I think that's, I think we're close enough to where, that's a, an acceptable segment we can do. All right. I'm down. All right. Let's move on and get to Ryan's week in review. Yes, it was a busy week and weekend of baseball. And the biggest story so far, the Tampa Bay Rays announced that they're calling up top prospect Wander Franco. This marks the first MLB player to be born in the year 2001 to make his MLB debut. Since May 21st, the New York Yankees have turned three triple plays. The Diamondbacks have won two games. The Yankees have three triple plays, which ties the MLB record for most in one season. The Diamondbacks have fired two hitting coaches in the month of June. They have won one game in the month of June. They've now lost 18 in a row, 31 to 33, and 40 of 45. Things are absolutely terrible for the Diamondbacks, but they've still scored more runs than the Washington Nationals. Astros have won seven straight games, about to be eight as they are whooping the Orioles right now. They had a very dominant sweep of the White Sox this weekend to reclaim, reclaim the title as the best team in the American League. Padres end their 4-13 and 13 skid with a four-game sweep over the Reds. They now play the Dodgers, who have won seven straight. Shohei Otani announces that he will be participating in the Home Run Derby. As Nick mentioned earlier, Vlad Jr. will not be participating, sadly. Jacob deGrom came back today, and he has a career 2.49 ERA and a 10.7K per nine. No other pitcher in MLB history has a sub 2.50 ERA and a 10-plus K per nine at any point in their career with at least 70 starts. Jacob deGrom has 195 starts. To the NL least, in last place are the 31 and 40 Marlins. They took 2-3 against the Cubs, and now they have the red-hot Blue Jays. In fourth place are the 33 and 37 Braves. They're in the middle of playing four games in two days. They just got absolutely owned by Jacob deGrom, and Ronald Acuna just gave them a 1-0 lead in the second part of the double header. In third place are the 33 and 36 Nats. More on them in a second. In second place are the 34 and 35 Phillies. They are no longer above 500, so we only have one team above 500 in the East. They dropped two or three to the Giants. More on them in a moment. In first place are the 37 and 29 Mets. It was a lot of bad news for them today, as Robert Zellman has a torn lat and will miss six to eight weeks. Um, Lucchesi has a torn UCL, and he'll be out for the rest of the year. The Mets announced that they fired two high-ranking employees and will overhaul their legal and human resources departments following allegations of sexual misconduct against former manager Mickey Calloway. 
This has been your week in review, brought to you in part by your local neighborhood chilies. Yeah, that was a busy one. Yep. A lot going on this week. Um, the NL East, a lot of upheaval. The Nats are now in third place, barely out of second place. Um, it was a it was a heck of a series against the Mets. Kind of what are your broad strokes takeaways? Yeah, this this division is it's very interesting. Um because it's very bad. Literally, if a team has one good week, you're moving all over the place. If you have one bad week, you're also moving all over the place. But the biggest questions with the Nats was, are they legit? Is this them actually turning a corner? Are they actually playing better? Are they going to be in the middle of a divisional race? And everyone was like, well, it's just the Pirates. If you take three or four against the Mets, maybe you are. And you looked at the calendar and you saw they had pretty favorable matchups. They took two, three or four of the Mets. And the reason why that's so important is because the Mets have five less games played than the Nats. If the Mets go one and four in those makeup games, the Nats only make up one and a half games on them. So you have to win the head-to-head because, yes, you're only five games back right now, but it is a deep five games because the Mets still have so many games to make up. And it was a big statement. You know, you said, hey, look, it wasn't just the Pirates. We're here. Our pitching's legit. We're going to start winning games, and now you're putting yourself in the position where you're right there in the middle of this division because the Mets have 10 pitchers on the IL. This isn't going to keep up forever, and now you're kind of teetering in the middle of it of slowly getting momentum. It's just can you keep building on it and keep beating your divisional opponents? That's the biggest question with this team. Yeah, and some people are framing the NL East like, oh, you know, the, the NL East has the shortest gap between first and fifth place as, like, a good thing as the NL East is competitive. The NL East still stinks, and that might not necessarily uh, be attributed to the teams themselves, but, you know, the fact of the matter is none of these teams are healthy, and what the product is on the field isn't very good. You know, the Braves pitching is decimated. The Mets have a new, you know, extended injury every single week. I mean, hell, Ryan just gave two in his week in review. The Nats aren't healthy. I mean, they're playing better, but they're still not healthy. So it, it's basically just going to be who stays alive long enough. Like, who who's left standing, not necessarily who won the fight. So it, it just leaves you in, in an interesting position because you're five games out in the middle of June, in theory, you can still win this thing. There's still plenty of time to make a five games. Yeah, it's a little bit more than five games, like Ryan just said, because the Mets still have a lot of uh, makeup games to, to, you know, hash out. And with the way their pitching is, they still have DeGrom, Stroman, and Taiwan Walker, which is better than any three the Nats can put together right now, at least consistently. So, you know, they have the edge in the area where the Nats would typically claim strength, right? So it's like you you still have a a good uphill battle ahead of you, but it's not insurmountable like we once thought it was. And certainly this past weekend was an encouraging sign for those who wanted to stay with the team, to borrow Kyle Schwarber's phrase. it's just tough. Like I I need to see more of a sample size. If we, you know, take this Philly series, we, we take the Marlins, do what we're supposed to do against the Marlins. Like we did the pirates and, you know, handle our business and survive till Max gets back and hopefully Strauss gets back. And, 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 you know, then I'm willing to entertain a, you know, revival of 
our 2021 hopes. But the fact of the matter is the Nats shouldn't be buying right now. Really, they still should be in the camp of selling because, like I just said, Max and Strauss aren't healthy. If Max and Strauss are healthy, you're like, all right, you know, we're, we're the clip is loaded. Let, let's, you know, add some more ammunition, some more firepower, whether it be an arm or a bat, hopefully a bat, and then let's go get this thing. But the fact is, Strauss, you don't know what's going to happen with him. And Max, you got to be careful with him because either you need him to contend the season or you're looking at him being your most valuable trade piece should you go in that direction. So you got to be careful with him one way or another, even though he's probably itching to get back. So it's still like a very murky situation with the Nats right now. Ideally, or obviously, like in the meantime, you're still going to try to win games and you're going to try to stay in contention for as long as possible. But the, the direction of the season is far from being determined at this point. That's all very good points. Um, I feel encouraged, extremely encouraged by what we saw as an eight and three homestand, um, way better than I expected them to do, but particularly against the Mets. Um, I guess, you know, the fact that you just pointed out that Scherzer and Strauss are both hurt and the pitching has been nails. I mean, the pitching has been so, so the yeah, mm-hmm. that's the pitching overall, the whole, the whole staff, like they, they have been holding it together, not even just holding it together. That's not even a strong enough statement. They have been among the best in baseball right now without the two best pitchers on the payroll. So the good news is to me that there's a lot of time left before they have to decide whether they're buyers or sellers at the deadline. And we've talked a lot about if you're below 500, if you're not looking like you can win the division, you don't want to be in purgatory, you want to sell. But if they managed to get themselves, you know, up in the mix for, you know, the lead in the division and maybe they shouldn't be huge buyers, but I do think that if they can win this year and if Strauss and Max can come back healthy, I don't necessarily want to see them punt and sell everything that's not nailed down. You know what I mean? I don't think they'll ever get to that point, especially where they are right now. I mean, they would have to go on a terrible, terrible stretch to sell. I mean, hell, they're probably at the point where they're not even going to trade Schwarber or like not entertain it. Which it was on just stupid a horrid hot streak. because yeah he is so insane right now that he would probably fetch you something in return that you wouldn't have expected him to garner you know a couple right. of weeks ago, so you know I'm not saying they have to clean house but you you need to you need help in one regard whether it's adding this current team or helping out a future team this you know stand pat attitude has just hindered See what we get with fu- the guys we have. Yeah, yeah. Our, has hindered our future development, you know, with this team and kind of the the prognosis for this team. Obviously, we're still good cuz we have, you know, foundational pieces in place, but it, it's not cer- it's certainly not where we should be. You know, a Bryce Harper trade, a, you know, a, a more timely Daniel Murphy trade and, and kind of the those moves like that would have maybe not well, the Bryce Harper trade would have gotten you something significant, but maybe wouldn't have been franchise altering, but certainly you would be in a better spot than you are now. So they got to do something. What For both of you, what what would you need to see from the Nats between now and the trade deadline to make you think they should be buyers and, and go all in on the season? So they, for the first time all season, this team has a pulse. It is a very, very faint pulse right now, but they have a pulse. For me to be... On this team, I would need them to see them be consistently 10 games over 500 or 
be either within a game or two of first or have the lead of first for a substantial period of time. Like that one little period of time when they're 12 and 12 in first place, they fell off the map. Not what they need. I need to see them be consistently beating good teams because right now I think they're 15 to 23 against teams above 500. Not good. Consistently beat good teams and just show for a while that you're a good team. I agree. Uh, that's 100% what I was going to say. And you kind of get a good barometer uh, heading into July because you open yeah. up July with the Dodgers series. So if you can, you know, co- consistently split, take three or four, maybe even a couple sweeps here and there with those above 500 teams and the teams you would, you know, um, hypothetically face in the playoffs, that's where I would be, okay, all right, this team can, can you know, make some noise. Let's do this thing. But beating the NL East wouldn't be the best, you know, uh, benchmark for, um, you know, playoff Intention, success. You're exactly. Yeah, for playoff success because, you know, beating the Phillies is not the same thing as beating the Dodgers or beating the Padres or, or any of those other teams. So, yeah, I, I agree with Ryan. you got to, you know, do the damage where it counts, and that's above team or teams above 500. Well, yeah, and I, I think we'd have to see quite a lot of that. The thing is, there's only what? Are we talking five weeks now? Between now or five, six weeks? Roughly, between now and the yeah. trade deadline. So mm-hmm. there's not enough time for them to get and be 10 games over 500. So, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So that's I'm kind of wondering well, what that's is why it going to take. I mean, it's kind of what we're talking about. you got to go on a run and really you know, drive the point home. And also, if we ever did get to the point where we're seriously considering buying, I want them to buy early before the deadline. Yeah, maybe it costs a little bit more. Mm-hmm maybe a prospect that you would never see the majors anyways, but these games matter. And especially against the, the teams that, you know, e- even if you're contending for a wildcard spot, if you can knock down the giants a little bit, knock down the Dodgers a little bit, maybe it makes a wild card a little bit more feasible. So at least you have a little bit more breath and obviously it helps your, your standing within your own division. So if you're going to, you know, feasibly add a player, do it before the deadline. Like, so he can actually, you know, make an impact yeah, help before you win those these games. games. Because, yeah. you know, the, the thing with 2019, and we mentioned it before, obviously it, it all worked out fine in the end, but ideally you shouldn't have ever been in that wildcard game. Those games in, in April and May mattered extremely, uh, mattered extremely much is what I was going to say. <laughs> Very much mattered. So, you know, if, if they went... 31 and 19, you know, they win the division and they don't have to go on that run quite. And you, they have a little bit more security. You get some guys a day off. Max doesn't have to pitch in that, you know, wild card game. And, and you know, you can kind of go, it, it affects the rest of the playoffs is what I'm trying to say. So I, I would like any ac- potential acquisition to be, to come to the team before the deadline. So help out in July when our schedule is brutal, brutally tough and not just in August and September. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Juan Soto. And uh, obviously he's been looking a little bit better lately, but he has not really been himself so far this year. Um, I, You know, early I was still in the hole. He just came off the IL. He's going to find it. And I would say so far he hasn't found it. But I saw a really interesting, I apologize to the person who posted it on Twitter because I wrote it down and forgot to write down their name. But it's his OPS at home and away games um, this this month, just June games. His OPS at home is 0.669. Nice. Um, his away OPS is 1.308. Uh, 
I mean, he hates Nats Park just as much as we do. So I mean, that's strikingly different. I mean, lots of guys play differently at different ballparks, but what in the world? And for the whole season, it was 637 at home and 1.060 away. Like, really huge difference. Yeah, I don't really have much to attribute to that. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I'm sitting here thinking about it. When I read that earlier, I'm like, why? What would be causing that? And I didn't really come up with any good answers. Yeah. That will change here shortly because as the months get warmer, Nats Park becomes a very hitter-friendly ballpark. Um, the weather has been pretty crappy up until I think, like the last couple weeks. Um, so that will get better. But it's also just one of those things. Usually guys have really, really good home splits and bad away splits. It's reverse all the time. It's pretty common in the league. There's just nothing you can really explain for it. A lot of it is just ballpark factors, who they're facing. A lot goes into it, but it's just hard to explain. Do you feel like he's rounding into form? Are we seeing... Are we yeah, gonna like, see him? We talked about him being in something of a revert, you know, reverting to the mean sort of thing, or coming back down to earth. Do you think we're gonna see him heat up? I mean, I'm I'm not worried about the ground balls. I'm not at all. Everyone's making a big deal about, which is fine. You can, but his hard contact percentage, his barrel percentage, and his swing rate and everything, he's making good contact. Like it's going to be fine. It's like what we talked about with. Josh Bell, eventually it's going to turn into hits, and it is. Josh Bell has been quietly playing very, very well for quite some time. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah, it's going to be the same thing. These line drives are going to start dropping at some point, and it'll be fine. All right. Well, that's hopeful. That's a hopeful take on Soto. Um, With Schwarber absolutely in fuego right now, if if Soto could, you know, get some of those those that hard contact to fall in, things could look. Quite different, especially because, as you mentioned, Bell has been playing a lot better. Uh, Gomes has been on a bit of a tear as well. Yeah, I mean, this is – I'm not trying to be complete Debbie Downer right now, but you, you experience stretches like this throughout the course of the season. Like, the – you know, these are guys are professional ball players. They don't suck for the course of 162 games. Uh, and, you know, if – Jan Gomes, for example, if he hits 250 over the course of a season – it's not like he goes one for four every game. Like sometimes he'll go a stretch where he's 10 for 20 and then he'll go a stretch where he's, you know, four for, you know, 30 or whatever. It's, it all evens out at the end. You're just catching a good time where people are clicking at the same time. You know, we talked about Shorber, Bell, Gomes, Soto. Obviously Trey's been the constant uh, throughout the whole season. So, you know, that's resulting in better baseball and more wins. It's no shocker there that when you have a little bit more consistency in your role players playing a a bigger part in the offense, that you find yourselves winning these close games that you weren't winning in the the first half of the season or the first quarter of the season. So it's like if we had another bat to kind of steady the the, the ship, who knows where we might have been. Yeah, and it's also been really heartening to see the offense start to start to get going a little bit at the same time that the pitching has been so good because there've been so many games where they offense still isn't really getting going. They've had like two well, good games in the last like in, 14 in comparison to what they were doing before. That's true. Cause they have had zero good games in the last right. Like 10. It was, it was a nowhere to go, but up situation we were in. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about Schwarber. So he ties the MLB record in these, this last stretch of five home runs in two games, three home runs just in the last game. I mean, he has been, he's been crazy. I mean, obviously he was, he's been a slugger 
always, and he hit lots of homers for Chicago, but three in one game is not something you see every day. Yeah, he has um, eight home runs, I think it was the last eight games. His slugging in the last week is over 1,000, and he tied Bryce Harper's record of five home runs in two games, which Bryce did, I think, in 2015, and there's other people who did it in the early 1900s. He's on fire. Um, every single year of Kyle Schwarber's career, he has these stretches where he is just a walking home run. We saw him do it in the playoffs when he came back from his ACL. He does this every single year. Not like this, like the last couple of games, he yeah, have been absolutely unreal. Just everything he's touching, no matter where it is in the zone, it's a bomb. And it's really, really fun to watch. The bad news about that, though, is every single one of these stretches is always followed by like a three for 30 stretch with like 20 strikeouts. So it's he's going to even out eventually and it's not going to be very fun. But right now he is one of the hottest hitters on the planet we'll just enjoy it while it lasts for now and it's really it's really fun to watch yeah and i mentioned it when we talked about him before but hitting in front of trey turner is is definitely doing something he's getting more pitches to hit and being the slugger he is and the the typical high strikeout guy you get more pitches to hit because people want to make sure trey turner doesn't have anyone on base because trey turner's turning into a little bit of a a slugger or at least a, a a threat offensively as well with his bat, not just his legs. So obviously you want to start off the game with the first out. So Schwarber's going to get more pitches to hit and he's hitting them. So I agree with Ryan. I think it'll even out. Certainly he's not going to, um, you know, sustain this production, yeah, <laughs> sustain this production over the next hundred games or however long that the season lasts, but certainly nice to have right now. And he, he's gotten us a couple of wins that we probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So, you know, it's it's crucial. It is more fun than watching them lose. <laughs> I can I can confirm. You can confirm. Okay, so speaking of things that are fun, I know you guys were so excited to see Baby Shark returning to Nats Park. So here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting for days to have this conversation with you guys. I can't wait. So in case you guys didn't see, Harada Para is back. Um, they had to make a lot of moves happen to get a backup temporary outfield on the roster. Cheerleader. A cheerleader. Who yes. hits doubles. Um, and one at bat. Yes. Okay. And everyone act like the guy won the freaking World Series. Anyways. He did um, win the World Series. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so this trolling is, you right now. This is my Joker moment. No. Okay. Here's the thing. You right? wouldn't understand. <laughs> it's just like. I, I don't mind the baby shark, even though he needs a new walk-up song. Stop trying to make it 2019. This is a new team. Please leave it behind. Please let things die. I never I never minded the baby shark. Let people do whatever they want in a baseball game. I don't care. It was just the fact that everyone acted like this man was Babe freaking Ruth and was the reason why they won the World Series, which is the most utmost disrespectful thing I've ever heard in my life anyone ever say about the Washington Nationals. Um, but it's a, it's a straight PR move. He doesn't provide anything for a roster. He kind of hinders you in a way. He's not that good. He's really not. He hit 220 in AAA as a 35-year-old. He's not good. He doesn't really provide you anything. He can play center field, but not very well. The other thing is the Nationals' attendance has been dreadful this season. Um, Not counting the games when they're limited with attendance, that's completely a completely different thing, but since they've gone to 100 
25%, they were averaging 18,000 people a game. Now, the Father's Day game, they did have 30,000 people at, which was nice to see, but attendance was bad. The team was playing horrible. Fan interest was going down. So the Nats were just like, PR move, boom, here comes for all the power. And look, fans have fun with it. They want to do the baby shark and everything. That's fine. It brings energy into the stadium, which Nats Park desperately needs all the time. That's fine. Please stop saying this man is the reason why they won the World Series. It's embarrassing. And for those who say, oh, it's definitely not a PR move, it makes a lot of sense strategically for the team. So, yes, like Ryan said, Parra can play center field. It's not well. You know who else can play center field? Josh Harrison, who has played center field this season. And, you know, they made, like Ryan said, a lot of different moves. And DFA, you know, one of their – I use top prospect loosely, but one of their top prospects. Did he from, clear waivers? I have no idea. Um, but they DFA well. one of their top prospects to add Gerardo Parra to the 40-man. It's just like a lot of unnecessary moves to bring a guy that doesn't provide much. And you could have left Luis Garcia, put Josh Harrison in center field, and you would have been fine. It's 100% a PR move. And for those who disagree, the Nats have done something like this before. I believe it was 2019. They, you know, weren't doing well. They had started playing better, but it certainly, you know, we didn't know what was around the bend in 2019. They decided to put Jason Worth in the ring of fame and create a more PR, you know, buzz. Oh, like he, he meant so much to us, da-da-da-da-da. In the middle of the season, when their sale or ticket sales were down, their attendance was down, they did that, and obviously we know what happened after that, but they do stuff like this, and I can't entirely blame them. They're, you know, they're, they're jump- in the business of yeah. selling tickets. They're so. in the business of selling tickets, so they got to do stuff like this. And when we saw he, he was invited to a minor league deal, we all knew this was going to come eventually. So it's like I'm not going to be too up in arms about it. I think it's, like, annoying, not necessarily the, the people doing it, because it is cool to see the fans get involved for once. It's, you know, I hate how boring the fans can be at Nats games. But it's just, like Ryan said, it it provides some life, but it's not important to, or like overly important to this team, per se. You know yeah. it's going you know to suck? What's up? He's on the roster for the rest of the season? This, this team's going to win the freaking division. And that's going to be two seasons of everyone saying it was because of Para, And I have to go through this all over again. <laughs> For the rest of your life, you're going to have to be arguing with people. I mean, people look, are saying look, Brian uh, Dozier dancing was crucial to the World Series run. I mean, I'm always going to argue with people, but it's only weird. <laughs> it is it's, your best thing. <laughs> it's I'm a very good troll, okay? But it's only weird if it doesn't work. And like I said, I don't care about people doing Baby Shark at the games. It's fine. It's pretty funny seeing people get mad about it on Twitter. Do whatever you want. Ugh, man, it seems good. This seems like come back and win division. Literally, as soon as it got called up, that was my first thought. And now I'm gonna have to suffer through this again. Well, let me see. But wouldn't you rather suffer through this and have people telling you that it was because of Para if it means the team wins the division? No. <laughs> Seriously, like you, you'd rather they like lose than have to me. have Para. <laughs> it's like you don't even know me. <laughs> No, 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 because then I would have to be like, well, yeah, maybe he does have a big impact, and I will never do that. I am never going against anything I say and believe in. Yes, I will never change my mind. (laughs) 
Well, I have to say, I, I think the people who are, you know, Parra was such a huge part of the World Series run. That's a little overwrought, for sure. But I do think the baby shark thing, as you said, brings a lot of energy into the stadium. It's fun. My kids love it when it comes on the TV. And, uh, you know, the thing, like you said about Brian Dozier, like did Brian Dozier dancing with his shirt off help them win the World Series? No, but it was fun. It was fun for the team, and they were having fun and were loose, and it was fun for the fans to watch. So there's something to be said. It is baseball, like all sports, is entertainment, and there's something to be said for it being entertaining. Yeah, and, you know, we, we talked about it last week or the week before. Is whenever they played the Rays, the Nats looked like they just weren't having fun. Like you looked at the Rays and they were up and excited and having fun when they came back and tied the game and, and all this stuff. Uh, but the Nats were just not having fun. So Parra does help in that regard. But again, that's why we call him a cheerleader. Like if he was providing something on the field, then it'd be a little bit easier to swallow. But I'm it's pretty like sure he's batting a thousand right now. No, he's batting five hundred to get your facts right. Oh, did he have um, a second at bat and I missed yeah, he it? Had a, he had a really ugly strikeout this second half. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, well I'll still take a five hundred <laughs> batting average and a double. I'm just saying no, I'm just messing with you. But it um like oh fuck. Now oh man, now you well, got me cursing. Fun, fun. I, I forgot my I will, train of thought. I will say one thing while Nick is trying to find his train of thought. It was pretty cool that his first half bat hit a freaking double. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it the was mi- really Ryan, fun. Ryan, you I'm have to admit. You. Ryan, I'm losing fun. you. <laughs> no, like, it was just like. Stay with me. You know, Don't go the, to the light. The Mets, took, the Mets <laughs> took the mound visit and the entire song played. And I was like, come on, please strike out. Please strike out. But Why would you want him to strike out? Do you understand? Do you know him? We've been doing this for years. Like you don't even know me. Second of all, do not know what my mentions were when he hit a double. They blew up. <laughs> I bet they did. Every time this man is going to get do it's something. Because you're my just mentions. such a hater. Yes, I know. I embrace it fully, and I love it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, it was fun. Obviously, like that one double, and he scored on Schwarber's third home run. Anyway, it was fun, and it was an entertaining moment, and, you know, who knows how long he'll even be here. I do think it would have made a lot more sense to let Luis Garcia get some more time in the majors and some experience against major league pitching, but they did what they did. I also want to take a moment to just um, shift gears slightly and talk about how sad it is that our one of our, quote, top prospects is going to clear waivers because nobody wants him. So. Yeah. That's, that's a whole other conversation, but... All right, um, let's talk about the Phillies, which is going to be the next opponent. It's two games set. What do we have, 7 o'clock tomorrow and 1 o'clock on Wednesday? Yeah, so this is a rare home-and-home set with a divisional rival, and this is a pretty big series for both teams. This is kind of like a defining series for both teams. The Phillies don't really know who they are at this point. They took two or three from the Dodgers, but then they turned around and they mismanaged and played horribly losing to the Giants. They're very, very inconsistent this year. How inconsistent they are, you say? They're nine games over 500 at home. They're 10 games under 500 on the road. They are Mm -hmm. one game under 500 on the season. They are very, very inconsistent. The Nats are coming in only one game back of them. So this is going to be pretty fun. If you look at the pitching matchups, unfortunately for the Nationals, Zach Wheeler's pitching game one. Um, Zach Wheeler is 
honestly probably second in the NL Cy Young race. He's coming in with a 2.15 ERA and 118 strikeouts. He is now consistently going past the seventh inning into games. And if Jacob deGrom did not exist, he would be getting a lot more attention because Jacob deGrom is in your division. That's all people are going to talk about. He is pitching very, very well. You're going to have to find a way to, one, take advantage of the few mistakes that he makes and try to capitalize on it consistently if you're going to try to win this game. And then in the second game, they're throwing Vince Velasquez. He is not doing well. Um, He started off hot, but he has a 7.88 ERA in his last four starts. He struck out 14, and he has nine walks in just 16 innings, and he has not gone over five innings since May 25th. So that is a game you should win. You should beat Vince Velasquez. That's Fetty, right? Yes, Fetty, Fetty is going Tuesday. Uh, sorry, Wednesday. Um, TBA. Who's going tomorrow? Right now. According to MLB.com, it's still TBD. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have the same. Okay. Yeah. Um, you would probably you got to find a way to beat Wheeler. Uh, so whoever, if somebody sweeps, they're well. If we sweep, we're going to be in second place. It's probably going to be a Sweeno. If you're thinking about it. Well. Yeah, wouldn't he? Isn't he on regular rest tomorrow? Yeah, he, he last time was Friday, and then Ross and Fetty went Saturday. Corbin went Sunday. Oh no, Ross and Lester went Saturday, and then Corbin went Sunday. So if it's not Fetty, it's got to be Espino. Well, Fetty's going. Oh wait, Wednesday, no, I think so. I think Max said he's coming back. Oh, if Max is coming <gasps> back. Then, Max is going to pitch tomorrow. Well, that was going to well, be. Remember after his bullpen, he was like, "I'll see you Tuesday." But they wanted to like confirm how he was feeling on Tuesday. Well, that was going to be my next point, so I'm glad that that came up uh, with Wheeler. You know, we managed to steal the game from him last time because we had Max going up against him. So it was, in a sense, best versus best. And I was worried that you know it doesn't matter who he would throw it out there tomorrow that Wheeler was just going to do his thing because, like Ryan said, he's gone deep into games. And yeah, Max versus Wheeler is going to be a fun matchup, though. Right, so if we get Max going on it, hopefully Max is all good to go. Um, but, yeah, that, that'll be a good matchup, and then hopefully Fetty can take care of business and stay hot like he's been. And yeah, Fetty's who, been who great. Who knows what this, this turns into? Yeah, and then we end up one game one game ahead of Philly. And, well, right. it depends on what happens with the Mets. Who are they playing next? They've got... They have the set with um, – they play the Braves, Braves through Wednesday, and then they have Philly after that. Okay, so a lot of divisional it's action all divisional going games. on. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting series. It's a quick one. And then, you know, after we play the Phillies, then it's on to Miami. Um, hopefully – obviously Miami's not quite the easy out they've been in the past. But, you know, it just makes you think, like, if they can take – if they can take both games against Philly or at least split with Philly and then go win that series in Miami. No, they need to take both against Philly. I just don't know if they can against Wheeler. If he pitches into the seventh or eighth. But this is this is the kind of stuff you have to do. You can't just say, Oh, please don't pitch your best against us. We need to win. Like Well, right. I understand they they need to, but I just don't think they will. But this is what we were talking about, like when you asked us what we need to see from this team, they need to beat other teams' aces. This is the stuff that they need to do for us to really be, you know, in on the season. If they continually fail to perform against other teams' aces or at least hang with them, then, you know, this team's not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, that's true. They're arguing about it. I mean, you, if you can't beat, you know, when you get to the playoffs, you're going to be facing the, the aces on the best teams. Right. So as far as is there, 
you know, is there postseason aspirations? I think if there are, you obviously need to win against guys like Wheeler. But I just, and you know, maybe I'm just too pessimistic. They've been really good lately, but it's just been a pretty small sample size. I mean, it was a really great homestand. They're they're on a great hot streak right now, and we'll see. If you can beat Wheeler, take both against the Phillies, and then move on and win that series in Miami, I think we're having a very different conversation another week from now. Yep, so we'll just see how it plays out. I would like to have that conversation. Yeah, this is, you know, like I said, it's the stuff you need to do. You need to sweep the Pirates, but when you face other teams' aces, you need to hang with them or find a way to win. You know what else you need to do? Go to Manscaped. You do. Heaters, this episode and all of our episodes are brought to you in part by Manscaped. The Lawnmower 4.0 is the best tool in men's grooming. It has gotten better not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Got it right this time. And plus, I just used it over the weekend. The refined cologne is game-changing. I actually got compliments on it over the weekend, and I felt pretty good. I felt nice and snazzy, all jazzed up because I had my refined cologne. And you guys can feel snazzy, too, by going to Manscaped and checking out all of their great products like the Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne and a bunch of other stuff they have going on. And we can help you out. We can provide the assist, the uh, outfield assist, so to speak, and use our promo code HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping on anything on the site. It's getting hot. You know, you got to take care of yourself. You're going to be out doing stuff more often. Take care of your grooming game. Make sure it's something you don't have to worry about. So go to Manscaped. Use our promo code. Save yourself some money. Everybody wins. So, again, use our promo code HSHH20 today. That's very good advice. If you haven't done it already, make sure you go get yourself the 4.0. And if you have done that already, there's always lots of other good stuff out there. So do yourself a favor. Go check it out. All right, let's move on to the last segment for this evening, which is our one big thing. What you guys got? This is it. You know, like this is this is a defining stretch of your season. Let's like we're gonna find out who this team is, right? And I'm tired of this team wasting opportunities, not building on anything. Use your momentum, sweep Philly, take three or four from the Marlins, and see what happens against all the good teams that come to town. This is it. I'm calling five and one this week. If not, I'm gonna be mad. Not really. Five but and like, one. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna let you guys know. I'm gonna be disappointed. Use your momentum. Like you actually have momentum. You show the pulse this weekend. You played well. Keep it going, please. I beg. Do it. Yeah, yeah it's something that they need to do. Especially think- since the Mets have like a lot of games and a lot of days, a lot of injuries. Yeah. Take advantage. Yep. Uh, my thing is, and we've uh, purposely saved it for when Max returns, but let's just say Max is returning tomorrow, which means we have a major announcement. And I'm just going to go ahead and get into the details of it now, because like I said, Max is returning tomorrow. We're doing a Max Scherzer jersey giveaway. And the way you, there's a very specific way you need to enter. So I want you guys to pay attention. You have to go to our, our Twitter. Make sure you're following the main account at Half Street High Heat. You got to retweet the, the main tweet. It has all the rules and one nice graphic that I made up. But the most important thing that you have to do is you have to go to Manscaped and use our promo code. And when you do that, screenshot the confirmation, 
you can cross out any there shouldn't be any you know confidential information like your address or credit card or anything like that but you can cross out anything you don't want them to see whether it's what you ordered or whatever we need to see you use our promo code hshh20 and we need to see the total spent you get one entry for every twenty dollars spent so if you spend you know sixty five dollars at manscaped good for you but you get three entries into the Max Scherzer jersey giveaway. It's the first ever jersey giveaway we've done. It's the first ever giveaway where we've really partnered with our Manscaped um, sponsors. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm very excited. And, I mean, who doesn't love free stuff? Everyone loves free stuff, especially when it's the opportunity to win something like a Max Scherzer jersey. So please go to our Twitter, check it out. Again, Max Scherzer's pitching tomorrow, so this giveaway will be live. So make sure you go to our Twitter, check it out. Follow the rules. Get all your entries in. Bada bing, bada boom. Get yourself in New Jersey. That is going to be so much fun. I can't wait to see everybody's uh, see everybody's receipts. See that you're all doing yourselves a favor and using Manscaped and doing yourselves a favor and getting those sweet, sweet entries in on a Max Scherzer jersey. I don't even have a Max Scherzer jersey. We're not allowed to enter, though, right? We can't do that. No, unfortunately. Because I've spent a lot Mont- of money Monty at Manscaped. the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's okay. All right. My one big thing is not nearly as much fun as that. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this online today. Um, you mentioned, Ryan, in your weekend review about the Mets overhauling their HR department because um, of the sexual assault and harassment charges or, you know, the allegations, accusations, right allegations, whatever yep. you want to call it. Um, there was a former sports reporter who worked in Major League Baseball for a very long time. Her name is Kat O'Brien. She um, published an article today uh, that came out talking about how while she was a 22-year-old, very young and new baseball reporter, she was raped by a Major League Baseball player and was terrified to report it for fear of losing her career um, and never did for 18 years. This was 18 years ago. Talk about it um, until now. And um, if you read the story, it's really gut-wrenching. It's it's terrible to read about how um, other people reacted to it. Anyway, I won't get into the details. It's pretty heinous, but I do re- recommend to all of you that you look it up. Um, she's on Twitter at O'Brien underscore cat if you want to see where the link is for that. But it's a really hard read. It's terrible. But, you know, these stories keep coming out. And I like to think that it's better now than it was 18 years ago. But then you hear about the stuff that's happened recently and it doesn't seem like it is. So it's so important that people keep coming forward with these stories so that this this stuff sees the light of day so anyway it's like i said not a real happy thing to end on but i just i think it's really important at at the same time you know maybe you guys listening there you're saying to yourself this 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 isn't the reason i listen to this podcast or this isn't what i want to hear right now but it's what you need to hear and you know this has been going on for a long time just because we don't hear about it doesn't mean it's not happening i mean this this uh woman in particular i mean she, she was afraid to come forward for for years and years and years decades and yeah so i mean that's just one example of why you might not have heard about it and if you're one of the types that think hey well it's not my team i don't care well for being you know straight up about it fp santangelo your broadcaster was accused of you know sexual harassment yeah. and who knows what those details are we don't know the details of that so it is affecting your team in one way or another. And every team, I would guarantee and, and every you that team. this it, is going not, on on like every team. It's not like an yeah. Mets thing, a Nats thing, an NLEs thing. This is, you know, widespread across baseball. We just know it is. 
So, you know, you, you need to at least be sensitive and be aware of it, even though it's not the most comfortable thing to talk about, not the easiest thing to talk about. It's something that needs to be talked about. And, and, you know, we raise awareness or you look on Twitter, you still see these great female reporters like Britt Giroli or Maria Torres or whoever else look at their mentions. And Chelsea and, James. And Chelsea James. Oh, I, I don't mean to leave anyone off, just examples, but look at their mentions on, on tweets, especially the ones where they're voicing their opinion about baseball, which is literally their job. It's not just like, uh, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Stop talking about baseball. This is literally their job. They know more about baseball than a lot of people. And yeah. look at their mentions and kind of the, the foul things people reply to them and tell me, like, this stuff doesn't matter. This stuff doesn't. Yeah. And if you have, if you prevalent. have wives or daughters or girlfriends or, right. you know, people that you, sisters and moms, anybody you care about who, you know, might I can tell you, I can't even the kind of stuff that those reporters get privately when you see the stuff that they get publicly. But I can tell you as somebody, I'm not like a complainer about this stuff. I never publish these or talk about them on Twitter, but I get some heinous crap just for being opinionated about baseball on Twitter. And I'm not, I, all I am is like, I, I have a fan podcast. I don't write for the Washington post or something. You know what I mean? Right. But like this stuff, this stuff is happening all the time. And it isn't like I said, it's not fun. It's not lighthearted. It's not the kind of stuff that you maybe listen to a baseball podcast for, but it's important. It is happening still. And until these people get exposed and this sort of behavior gets exposed and roundly, you know, deplored, it's going to keep on happening. So, and, and the bo- think- oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, bottom line is we're, you know, for, with this platform, it, it may not be the, the largest, you know, nation, nationwide podcast or anything like that. But for the platform we do have, we're going to talk about the stuff. We haven't shied away from this kind of stuff in the past. We're not going to shy away from it in the future. We're going to talk about what needs to be talked about. And if you don't like it, eh, well, it doesn't break our hearts. Because we need to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. So on a happier note, we've got baseball back tomorrow. They had their day off today. So by the time y'all are listening to this on Tuesday, it will be time for the Philly series. Um, going to be and a quick one. It's going to be Max fun. Max Scherzer's and we'll be able- back. And Max Scherzer's back. And there's back. a giveaway. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this Wheeler-Max uh, matchup, if that is going to happen. Hopefully he will be back tomorrow. And, yeah, make sure you get uh, – your entries in for the for the jersey giveaway that's going to be awesome but by the time we talk next it will be uh the philly series will be in the rear view and we'll be able to talk about that yep sounds good looking forward to it all right anything else before we get out of here nope i'm good all right well thank you all for listening as always we appreciate you guys please make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast we super appreciate it and uh, we will talk in a couple days. Let's go Nats. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. Let's go Nats. We've got a game to play. See
By the early light of dawn, well you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go Nats, we've got a game to play Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.